0: Good morning everyone, it's Chris here from Osdroid, and we're just going to do a quick audio wrap of the news of the week. As you would probably know, the Osdroid podcast hasn't really been a regular feature uh, on Osdroid for a little while now and it's something that we would like to turn around, but with busy lives getting everybody in the same place at the same time to record an episode can be a bit difficult, so every now and again we'll try and do things just a little bit differently um, and this is one of those ways to try and give you just a quick, you know, brief audio rundown of the news of the last week and to get a bit of a picture of what's coming up next week. So as we sit here on Sunday morning, the news um, of last week, probably one of the biggest uh, news item, funnily enough, has been the HTC U11, uh, which becomes available tomorrow, Monday the 5th of June. Now Jason has had one of these for a little while, uh, since he attended the launch event in Taipei the other week, and he is in the process of working on his review, but until we have that... Uh, we have to make do with uh, what little information we have. Now, we had Jason's birthday party the other week and I had an opportunity to play with the U11 myself and also to see how enamoured with it Jason is. Now, this is uh, a bit of a change of form from HTC in that um, they've been releasing phones consistently since Android was a thing, but they've sort of been a little bit out, you know, out to pasture for a little while. Um, The U11 to me at least, represents a a bit of a return to form. We saw uh, HTC's Naus when they collaborated with Google on the Pixel and the U11, if you ask me, follows in those footsteps. It's um, a a symbol of their fantastic industrial design. It shows that they understand what people want uh, from Android when it comes to software, but most importantly it's just in a good package and at a good price. Um, so we're seeing availability coming uh, this week um, from a variety of carriers including Optus, Virgin um, and also from bricks and mortar stores, uh, JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. Um, the U11 will also arrive on Telstra um, soon as well. Uh, we don't at this stage have details of any launch on Vodafone which is unusual because HTC have been working quite closely with Vodafone in recent times but you know, that that may change. In any event, um, we understand that the U11 will start at $0 a month on Optus um, $85 a month plan which includes a little bit of data. Uh, Virgin Mobile the pricing is about the same, um, though they're starting at $65 a month with 4 gig of data. Uh, Telstra will have the U11 from the 4th of July, so in about a month's time. Um, We don't really have details on pricing there yet. Um, but if you are interested in the HTC U11, um, you can get hands-on with one at a JB Hi-Fi store or a Harvey Norman store, probably from tomorrow, though given time for stock to arrive, maybe later in the week. Um, and with an outright price of $999, look, I think HTC is striking the right balance between specs uh, and pricing. You know, This is probably the first phone to actually arrive in Australia with a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835 processor in it, so if people want to get an understanding of what Qualcomm have been doing um, this is going to be the best showcase for that, at least for the time being Um, unlike other vendors, um, HTC have released the U11 with Android 7.1.1 on board Um, they do still have their vendor skin over the top, but really it's just not that obtrusive these days Um, the real standout feature on the U11 is the squeeze gesture, um, which sounds a bit silly but once you've used it, you realise it is actually kind of an intuitive way to take a photo. If you want to take a selfie of yourself with your mates, hold the phone out in front of you, squeeze the sides and it takes photo. Sounds like a party trick, but it's something that's pretty handy. Um, the next news item this week, which um, set tongues wagging, um, even though it only was sort of announced yesterday, is that Google Photos will now automatically suggest photos that you might want to archive. Now, we all take photos of things that are important, kids playing at the park, birthday parties, you know, sporting events, what have you. We also take photos of things that are crap, like receipts or a bit of damage to your car or something that you might need later on, but you don't really want to be looking at it all day, every day. So Google Photos uh, will soon be using machine learning to suggest the photos that aren't really your happy snaps, things that you might want to hang on to, but you don't need to see all the time, like receipts and screenshots and barcodes and serial numbers and things. Now this feature isn't active in Australia yet from what we can see um, but it is coming um, and we know that people in the States at least have got access to it so we should have access to it soon here as well for a bit of a look at how the feature will work and what it offers you have a look on the website, the news story has some screenshots there from Google Photos Um, so we should hopefully soon see that arrive in Australia um, and I know for for me at least it will be very useful I take a lot of mundane photos that really aren't things that I want to be seeing in between photos of things that I do want to see, like photos of the family and the kids and fun places etc. I don't need to be seeing screenshots and receipts and stuff amongst that and I guess neither do you. Um, Another big item uh, this week, especially if you're a Sydney sider, is an update to the Opal Travel Card app. Um, The original Opal app web app service really wasn't much good Um, and more recently Transport for New South Wales have updated the app to make it more useful. Um, But one of the more useful things that's come in the most recent update is a notification alert for when your stop is coming up. Now, this might sound kind of dumb. You can look out the window and the train will uh, often talk to you and tell you which stop is coming up, but if you're the kind of person that gets on the train and puts your headphones on and falls asleep, as a lot of commuters do, Um, then this feature might be quite handy for you. Instead of sleeping through your next station, uh, the Opal app uses the GPS on your phone to notify you when you're a few stops away so that you can wake up and get your stuff together and get ready to jump off the train. Um, It's not a core part of the Opal service of course, but it's something that I think a lot of people will find quite handy. Um, You can do all of the other useful things during the Opal app as well like recharging your Opal and You know, seeing where Opal machines are and where you can buy them from and all that sort of stuff. Um, But there you go. That's been released during the week. And we know that the Opal news always gets a bit of interest because, you know, a lot of our readers are from Sydney. If you're not from Sydney, feel free to ignore that part of this little podcast completely. Probably the biggest thing that was announced this week uh, was Andy Rubin's new phone um, called the Essential Phone. Now this generated a lot of interest during the week both internally and also within uh, you guys, our readership, Um, but what do we know about the Essential Phone? Look first and foremost the disappointing thing is it's probably not coming to Australia but unlike uh, some other phones such as those from OnePlus which generate a lot of interest um, at least the Essential Phone is compatible with all of the network frequencies that Australian carriers use so if you want to import one and use it here you will get a good experience. Um, Some of the standout features, the camera on the front is actually surrounded by the display, which you'll have to see the pictures on the website. It looks a little bit weird, uh, but at the same time, we think it's a pretty cool feature. The display on the front literally extends from edge to edge. A lot of phones have been making, a lot of companies have been making that claim, but the essential phone from the looks is probably the first one to actually deliver it. Um, the other cool piece of technology is the magnetic connector which sits on the top of the phone um, which allows you to connect a 360 degree camera uh, clip on to the phone and also a charging dock uh, accessory which will be available later on. Now we don't know too much about these things but the 360 camera looks really cool Um, it's an area of uh, mobile tech which people are getting more and more interested in and that the phone comes with an option To facilitate this built in is pretty cool. Um, The rest of the specs, there's nothing much to write home about. It's Qualcomm Snapdragon 835, 4GB of RAM, 128GB of storage on board, which is pretty good. Battery size is fairly modest, 3040mAh, but uh, there is fast charging over USB C, which is something we're seeing from a lot of manufacturers these days. Bigger batteries don't really make sense um, when you can charge them so quickly and people have charges at home, in their cars, at their desks um, the priority seems to be shifting to faster ways to charge your phone rather than bigger batteries so you don't have to. In any event um, the rest of the essential phone looks really good um, in fact it's the sort of phone that we would probably like to have seen Google come up with for the Pixel 2 later this year but we'll see what they come up with there. Um, at this stage, we're looking at um, about 699 US or 749 US uh, for the essential phone with the 360 camera built in, uh, or as a package. Um, for those playing at home, 749 US dollars. You have to factor in a bit of an Australia tax as well, you know. But the reality is, at straight currency conversion, 749 US is just over a thousand Australian dollars factor in some shipping and what not to bring it here you're probably looking at probably about eleven hundred dollars to get the essential phone in Australia um, including the 360 camera obviously without it's a little bit a uh, little bit cheaper not significantly brings the price down to about 930 plus shipping so call it about a thousand, call it a hundred dollars difference um, and that will get you one of probably the more anticipated Android phones of recent times um, straight to your hands in australia now obviously we don't know too much more um, about it at this stage we have the announcement there's a bit of coverage on the site there for those who like a bit more detail i suggest you check it out Um, which brings us to the last news item of the week which has seen a few eyes which is scott's re-review of the lg g6 now when scott first reviewed this uh, the review really wasn't very positive the phone had a lot of problems. Um, it had problems with crashing, slowing down, the software not working properly. Um, we've had this happen before. Um, we've sent units back and had them replaced, but it it just didn't seem like this was a one-off thing. We'd read reviews elsewhere criticising the LG G6 in much the same ways, leading us to believe that it wasn't a one-off issue. It was more something that might have been a bit more systemic. In any event, we gave LG the opportunity, and they sent out a new uh, LG G6 for Scott to take a look at and overall a lot of the problems were let's go with improved rather than resolved Um, Scott's re-review is pretty comprehensive and if you're at all interested in what LG has been doing or if you're tempted to buy the G6 um, I suggest you read the review and also the re-review to get a bit of an understanding of what what you're in for all in all the LG G6 is a good package there's nothing essentially wrong with it it just might not stand out all that well amongst the competition this year. Uh, For starters, there's an LCD display instead of an AMOLED and it just just isn't as nice as some of the competition. The camera is good but it's not especially quick uh, meaning that you can miss uh, some opportunities if you're really not ready to go. The widescreen lens is really cool uh, but it's got found very quickly if you don't have your fingers in the right spot you'll find that your fingers get captured in the photos And he's got an example there of ruining a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge with his finger in the top of it. Um, The software experience is still not ideal. It's not terrible, but it works. Um, He noticed an issue with SD cards, which for those looking for extra storage will present a bit of a problem. But uh, he was able to get around it by trying a few different cards. Um, Apart from that, would he recommend it? Yes, he would, Um, and I would too, having used it myself. It's a good looking phone, it feels good, the battery life is great. Um, The screen, despite being an LCD, the 18 by 9 ratio is really good and offers a unique interface for the camera as well where you can see not just what you're taking photos of but also um, photos that you've recently taken as well in sort of a quick review reel. It's really quite cool. Um, Unfortunately the LG G6 is still quite expensive um, varying between about 1100 and 1200 bucks uh, at JB Hi-Fi. It's a lot of money um, and frankly there are better phones available for less price. Um, there are also a few hardware variants which you need to be mindful of depending on what your preferences are, some of which um, only have a small amount of storage at 32 gig, and they don't have quite the same audio hardware uh, as are available in other options. Uh, So in any event, look, the LG G6 has been a phone of interest this year. We were very interested to see it at Mobile World, and now that it's here, sadly, I think a little bit has been lost in the transition from announcement to reality. But still, um, it's an interesting read, and a lot of people have been reading about it on the site this week, so we recommend that you join in. So that's about it for our weekly wrap today on Sunday the 4th of June. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to bring you some more interesting episodes and weekly wraps and other odds and ends on the Osdroid podcast in the near future.